In this episode, we recap the National Series, preview the Cardinals Series, and talk about all the injuries and other roster changes that we've made lately. Welcome back to the Cubs Win Podcast, and today, <clears throat> start out by reviewing the series against the National Series win, 3-1, a familiar number to Cubs fans. Okay. Um, so yeah. Going into game one. Game one. Uh, yeah, this this was a good series. For Let's I mean, see. for like it, it kind of felt like the Cubs. They didn't sweep the series, but it felt like they kind of did in a way. They were just even in game yeah, three that they, they lost, they were really hung in there and almost won. So I was really looking for a comeback that game. Yeah, they just came up short. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, so game one was uh, Alzale against Leicester. That was very emotional. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they lots of ovations. Schwarber got an ovation. Leicester got three. Yeah, Leicester got a ton. I think they played Leicester's uh, like the music that you would typically come into, like, when he was with the Cubs, I think yeah. they played that. Yeah, they uh, played Schwarber's walk-up song, too, when yeah. he came up. And uh, Chris Bryant left a little pile of candy for Schwarber on left. Field. Yeah. So, that was that was funny. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a very emotional first game. Left Kyle uh, Twitzbar, I believe. Yep. Um, Bryant said that he was going to leave a, uh, like, they talked about leaving him a Miller Lite, but they thought that that would be Kind of frowned upon, so they didn't. But it would have been that would have been funny. They just put a beer in that field. Yeah. So yeah, um, um, very emotional, lately. Yes. Um. This was. Um. It's you know even before the game it was very emotional because you know you knew that both of them were gonna, um, be at Wrigley and you know. As the you know when Lester was on the mound for the first time, when Schwarber came to bat for the first time, you know people were clapping, cheering. It was a good sight to see. But then you had to remind yourself that there's still a game going on. So um, the Cubs teed up their former uh, ace. The Cubs teed off against their former ace. Uh, Hayward hit a home run, and I think yeah, Hayward an opposite field two run shot. Bias hit one. Bias hit one. Uh, Contreras hit one. So three home runs against John Lester. And uh, scored five runs against him, I think, in five and a third innings. Something like that. So, um, you know, they were roping balls all over the yard. Rizzo got, I mean, they were hitting the ball really hard. Rizzo Rizzo drove in the first run with the sack fly that just about got out. Or got a three-run shot. Yeah, um... You know, they were doing what we've seen opponents do in, like, the past two years, like, hitting the ball hard. And You know, I remember, and especially last year, just tons of hard contact against Leicester. You had you wondered sometimes how the heck he didn't give up, like, ten runs a game. Yeah. Um, so, I, just as a side note, I was never one of those people that was, like, upset that they let Leicester go. I liked John Leicester. But I wasn't inclined to keep him, to be quite honest. 
of course. I mean, he but was. He's always he's always going to be a fan favorite. Always going to be a Cub, but yes. You know, there's a time when you just have to let it go. People have to. Just, people and other Cub fans have to come to terms with that. I mean, this guy was not like. He was not like Kurt Schilling or Randy Johnson. He was not throwing like. 93 miles an hour into his 30s and 40s. Like, that's not what he was doing. He was popping out at 90. And his best pitch was literally just... He had, like, three pitches or something that were really effective. He had, like, a slider, a cut fastball, and a fastball. That was about it. And it was it was a wonder that he was ever able to get, like, through five innings, like, last year. And he had a five ERA. I mean, he was... You know, it was John Lester, but he was just kind of a name at the end of his tenure. So, just an innings eater. So, I wasn't, you know, you know, thanks for all you did, John, but, you know, time to time to split apart part ways here. That was my attitude towards it. Um, yeah, exactly. So, it was going to sound a little messed up. I was happy that they did get off, uh, like, you know, they smacked the ball against Leicester because A it showed that, you know, they were you know, they weren't phased by his return or whatever. They weren't like overwhelmed with emotion, which would have been concerning if they had been, but B, it also proved that like, you know, well look, I mean, we hit the guy well and you know, it's just I read so many articles before the game, especially by Gordon Wittenmeyer that said like, you know, oh the Cubs, you know, they let Lester go and it was such a terrible idea and it was cheap on the ownership and uh, the whole time, I just thought, no, it wasn't. It was just like, you know, I know that they were trying to cut payroll, but I honestly think this was just a move that they would have made regardless of what their payroll obligations were. I think if they were, if they didn't have to cut payroll and they were, and, you know, they still had the choice, I think they would have let him go anyway. Because when it came down to it, he just wasn't good anymore. And he and we proved that. We scored five runs off of him at Wrigley Field, hit three laser home runs. So... Yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, um, same here. Of course, you know, guy forever. Uh, appreciate what he did for the team. Contributed to a lot. But, like I said, he ain't going to be having a 320 ERA in his age, 36 season or whatever. Yeah, no. No, no way. Um... So um, that was the John Lester side of the story. Um, the Kyle Schwarber side. Yeah. Schwarber a, made a boom of a return. Yeah, it Figuratively was. Figuratively Yeah, it's kind of second billing to Lester a little bit, obviously, because, you know, I think we can all agree Lester had a much bigger impact during his time with Chicago and did a lot more. Mm-hmm. That's not to say Schwarber didn't do anything, but, I mean, come on, it's not really comparable. But, um, you know, it was. It was fun to see Schwarber back. It was a little surreal to like see him in the in a Nationals uniform, but he played about the same as I remember him. Um, yeah. A long, kind of like laser home run to center field, two run homer off Elzelay, and then I think that was his only hit. So, very typical Kyle Schwarber performance. <laughs> yeah. It was um, um, it was just yeah. I was because like I listened to the games on the radio, and 
I think at one point late in the game, in like maybe the eighth inning or something, or seventh inning, he came up and Pat Hughes said, Schwarber strikes out swinging on a high fastball. And I thought, well, that if that is the most predictable and like familiar thing I've heard all year. And he did that so much, it was infuriating. But it, it's so much more fun to see him do that on another team. Yeah. Uh, it's bad as it sounds. Yeah, it's just... Uh, this does, it doesn't feel good to sit here and, you know, kind of cheer for their downfall. But, I mean... I mean I would, you, you wish him... Just, yeah. You just wish him to do good, except when they're playing us. Yeah, exactly. You know, I hope you do good against 29 other teams. Yeah. Or 28, or whatever. 28. Um, so, yeah. Schwarber hits a home run. Um, that was pretty uh, eventful. Two-run homer by Schwarber. Made it a one-run game off of Alzal, and he gave up, I think, two homers. Yeah, the other was to... Turner? Yeah, Turner. Turner first thing. That national They both can. No, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Alzler got through five, giving up three. Five hits, three strikeouts. No walks. Good to see. I think that's his second straight. If not giving up any walks, could be wrong. Yeah, um, not... Not the uh, dominant outing that we've seen from him previously, you know, in his past outings he was going like six innings, shutting out everyone, allowing maybe three hits, but still a very good start and still very, you know, a lot of good life on his fastball and slider. He looks really good. Um, rebounded very nicely from those home runs to legitimate hitters. I think he got Juan Soto. He struck out Juan Soto once, which is... You know, probably one of the one of the uh, biggest feats you can accomplish these days as a pitcher is striking out Juan Soto. So he did that. Um, he delivered a good start, and that's all we could ask. And on from there, sixteen. Now it was a bullpen game. Yes. Uh, so brothers been? came in. Yes. After two outs, out of strikeout, gave up walk. Right. Uh, to para after him. He pitched the last out and the next inning. And I believe he struck out the side in the next inning. He got three strikeouts, but I can't remember if it was every one or not. Uh, yeah. Seventh. Uh, yeah, this this bullpen that we're seeing, at least lately, in like the past maybe ten games, really, quite honestly, probably the best performance I've seen from the Cubs bullpen in a few years. I mean... Yeah, um, really did gaining not, confidence quickly. Did not give up a run the entire series. Pitched sixteen point one innings and got twenty five strikeouts, I believe. Yeah, and considering how you know how much the pitching staff, the starters, have really held back the team, and you know, like we said, it's been rare for a starter to go through six innings this year. I mean. They've had such a huge workload, and they've handled it really nicely. I mean, 16 yeah. innings, you said, and no runs allowed. You know, I know the Nationals aren't the best team in baseball at all and aren't even the best team in the NL East, but that is – that's impressive. I mean, because they do have – Yeah, especially, 
especially when the whole offseason you're listening to people say that you have the worst or one of the worst bullpens in the game. Yeah, I, they just go out there and dominate. Um, I mean, I I heard that all winter too from a lot of the, especially a lot of the Cardinal fans. I don't know if they yeah. were trolling or not or being serious. Probably a little bit of both. But um, I remember over the winter, I looked at the, you know, the depth chart, what the guys had done, and I kind of said to myself, you know. Because at the time, Kimbrel was a massive question mark because it was like, will he carry over his 2020 uh, results in, into a full season or will he go back to 19? Um, but I looked at everyone else and I said, you know, this is a pretty, you know, there are, there are some wild cards here, but this is a pretty solid bullpen. I mean, if like if these guys sure. pitch their potential and stay healthy, this is pretty solid. And they've been probably better than I think anyone has expected to this point. Yeah, uh, Brothers has been exceptionally well. Um, yes. Like you were saying, everyone's getting a workload. And with Brothers, uh, he's used to that. It was a funny thing. When he played with the Rockies, it was one year. I don't know if this is true, but he pitched like 60 innings. Yeah, he uh, he's getting a massive... He's, he's been a very good contributor. This year. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, in his rookie year, he pitched 40.2. The next year, this is 2011, was rookie year. Uh, 2012, he pitched 67.2. 2013 was 67.1. 2014, 56.1. So, wow. he's used to being out there a lot. Yeah. He's I already got. So. He's already got 15 innings this year. Well, um, I'm not sure if he'll eclipse that 60-inning plateau this year, but the way the rotation is shaping up, um, he just might. (laughs) Um, Game two. Anything else before we go to game two? Um, I had a thought in my head, but I don't think it relates to game one, so I'll, I'll, I'll think of it again. Okay. So game two, Donis is winning the first and won this one by score six three. First game seven three. That means you track to run from us. So yeah, this Davies. Um, yeah, Zach Davies once again walking the line. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, seven hits. Five, not five, five innings, yeah. Seven hits, three runs, a walk, and a strikeout. Yeah, a very, uh, um, he's, reminds me of Chatwood. Uh, except Chatwood's actually this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Where did he go again? He went to the Toronto. Toronto. Was he a starter there or a reliever? I believe he's a reliever. Okay, because I remember uh, in 19, he pitched out of the bullpen for us, and he was actually pretty good. And then they put him back in the rotation in 2020, and he had a few good starts, and then he injured himself, flew up, and got hurt. That was it. So, um, yeah, so this year, I believe his fifth is like 120. Wow. And 
His skill interactive ERA is at 195. So let's. Well, well someone yeah. really wish we would have brought him back. You could see the potential in him. He's yeah, always totally getting could. bunches just, of strikeouts. He just couldn't uh, hone it, especially when he was starting. They, they just, he just couldn't deliver in the role that they needed him to deliver in. And uh, I think he kind of got overlooked a little bit in the bullpen. I don't think they paid enough attention to his performance in the pen. Because I remember, especially if you go back to 19, I know the stats probably weren't anything special, but I do remember... They went into some extra inning games that year, especially against the Brewers, and he um, was like a really critical piece because they didn't have to just keep going through bullpen arms. They could just keep sending him out there. So he was almost kind of like a swingman or a long-term reliever. But, um, yeah, he just couldn't perform in the role that they needed him to perform in. So two starts in a row where the starter goes five innings. Somehow. Yeah. Ian Thompson came in after. Yeah. Davies. And he pitched 1.1 innings. Very good. Gave up one hit, a walk, got three strikeouts. So, all of the rookies this year just. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, we we forgot to mention game one Tommy Vance made his. Oh, right. Major League debut, debut, and he got the, uh, not the save, but he closed down the ninth inning. So, yes, um, it's been very, very um, good to see. I kind of expected a lot of these guys to come up and kind of start off good, then just completely blow up, and then that would be it, and then they get, like, sent down again, which I remember is what happened to Alzalei, but... They've been, like, really good. I mean, I kind of want to see what the, especially guys like Thompson can do in the rotation because Trevor Williams isn't performing at all. So neither is Zach Davies. And I just think to myself, if we had some of these guys pitch, like, you know, just four innings, if they could put a few zeros on the board, I feel like that would really help. That's right. But, um... And that's up to Ross, and it doesn't seem like he's going to move in that direction. <clears throat> yeah. So we got Steele coming in after him. Pitched two outs, got struck out. Then Winkler came in and gave up one hit, but nothing else. He's got a .68 ERA. I do not know how, but... Yeah, I don't know how he's doing that either. He seems to load the bases every single time. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow, it's out of it with very yeah. little damage. Kimball comes in, closes it out, gets two strike notes. King yes, Kimball looking like great. Mariano Rivera. Yeah, very comparable if you look at the stats. Yes, I remember reading into that. Um. So, um, I. We've said this many times before. Uh, I'm just going to say it again. If Kimbrell continues to pitch like this, and we don't get at least like three top 100 prospects back at the deadline forum, I think it would be time to fire Jim Hoyer. I mean, outside of a role Chapman, this guy has been the 
best reliever in baseball this year. Kenley Jansen is up there, but I think Kimbrell has been better. He only has one earned run allowed, and it was a home run, a wind-assisted home run into the basket. And so you have one or two because one against Detroit. Um, I think no, I think it's only one because Muncie home run. Oh wait, you know what? I think it is two. Yeah, all right. Well, that's that's still very good. You yeah, know, two earned runs in with nine saves and a below two ERA like that's that's insane. I mean, come on, this is a premium arm, and you know he's getting paid sixteen million a year. That's a lot better than I think Chapman is getting paid. How much? You know, upwards of upwards of that for sure. So. And he's only 32, so he's still got he's still got a name. Yeah, I mean, he's not someone that you're going to sign for for like a long term deal after this, but he's got an yeah, option. He's I got think, an option next year, so I don't know. See what you can do. You I can think really can, help out a team. I think, with, like I said, he's not really old, but he's not young at all. So yeah, I think I think he would. You're going to a contender. Yeah, he very well could. And uh, probably net us a huge return because we don't have the uh, salary <coughs> crunch we had with Darvish anymore. Three top 100s, I'd like that. It's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the offense, homers from Bodie and Hap. Yep. Hap is on Fair fire high. at the moment. Yes, he's hitting, I think, over 400 since May 7th. He's been very well. He's doing very well ever since he came back it, from the injured list. Yeah, like we said, it's just something with getting on fire as soon as you come off the injured list. I don't get it, but... He and Peterson. Peterson. Peterson, Hap. Um, let me think. How's the yeah, well, uh, Baez came back and he's been doing all right, I guess. Yeah. Um. So I Bodie, another home against the Nationals. Game six thing. So that gave us the lead. Yeah, the National fans must have nightmares about David Bodie. I would assume. I mean, it's just. Just destroys their uh, collective just minds or their chances every time. Uh, six to three win that game. Former Cub against Sarlon Castro. Oh, um. By the way, Nico Horner's defense. Oh my god. Oh my he, goodness. This man put on a clinic. He he made a diving soft about every game this series. Yeah, or at least every time Chafin was on the mound. Was yeah, they got, incredible. got something going there. Yeah. I don't really know what it is, but whatever it is, it's working. So. Yeah, stops are amazing. I don't I even know. know how he does it. Remarkable to watch. I think um, he's got like a 4 OAA already. Um, yeah, he's... He's, he's doing exactly what, you know, we've brought in all these guys in recent years to do. We've brought in, like, you know, 
um, Castellanos and, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say that, but maybe I should say that he's doing exactly what Cub fans have wanted other players to do for many years. You know, make contact, get a lot of base hits. He's also playing elite defense, so he seems to have been kind of the answer to some of these problems we've been facing. Yep. Still waiting on that first home run. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's coming or not, but we'll see. I imagine if it does, the crowd is, if happens at regularly, it's going to be a pretty loud reaction. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And it's first at bat at Wrigley, so. Yeah, that's good. All right, so going on to game three. Uh, we face the very easy task of facing Max Scherzer. Yes, this was actually a game that where they exceeded my expectations. Yeah, um, Scherzer, of course, pitched good, but we... Uh, what was it? In a fit... He pitched five innings, and in the fifth inning, I believe, he pitched north of 30 pitches or something. Something like that. Um, I know he had bases loaded against him and half got a single that only drove in one. Yeah, that was a missed opportunity. Um, I wish that they had had been more on that. mm -hmm. Uh, So not a lot. They scored four. With um, yeah. Arietta made the start. Gave up a home run to Juan Soto. Which yeah, no surprise. Pretty long home run. He got them. Yeah. And RBI hits from Turner, Robles. So. Typical. Typical area to start. You know, three runs given up, gives up a home run. Um, doesn't really walk that many people. But they're, uh, that's exactly what we brought him in for, basically, to make those kind of starts. Uh, so. Uh, so, a lot going on. It's 4-2 going in the ninth inning. And Nationals bringing Brad Hind. Almost immediately, almost immediately gives up a home run to Javier Baez, which cuts the lead to one. And it's yeah, that's Chris what you feel Bryant. like it's meant to be. They're going to win the game again, and they're going to have a huge walk off again against the Nationals. KB, yeah. a Walker. I think Bryant doubled with two outs or single. Because yeah, he, he, yeah, then he stole second, and then right. the pinch hit by Matt Duffy, and yes. he had a very good at bat. He did. Um, for whatever reason, I thought they said on the radio that he was a little banged up. I don't know. Did he get like injured or something, or what? I don't know anything about it. He's not starting tonight either. Well, maybe he's. I don't know. That's weird. I don't. I don't remember anything happening to him. So, to my knowledge, he's okay. Um, but yeah, um, if there's anyone that you want up at the plate, it was Matt Duffy because 
oh, at yeah. this point this year he's been, you know, extremely clutch and all that. Yep. Um. So he runs it up to a full count. And then Brad Hand pitches inside fastball, which just, Matt Duffy, I think he, he swings, was but he also slotted. doesn't swing it, and uh, he just kind of—I don't really know what to call it. He didn't check his swing, but he didn't swing either. He just kind of, he just kind of like brought his bat halfway around, and I don't know. It wasn't really a swing. It looks like he just kind of fell into the pitch. But he missed it. So. Yeah, I think he was thinking slider there. I yeah, mean, I, I don't know how you don't sit fastball there though. That's that's uh, that's pretty. I would sit fastball three two count. I run on second. You should probably be sitting fastball. But who am I to tell him what to sit? I don't know. Yeah, so just an unfortunate loss. So. Yeah, they came close and ultimately just fell up. Uh, came up a little short. Um, but anyway, they rebounded the next game with yeah. a very good performance. The first inning, Trevor Williams gives up two two-out home runs to Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber. So you at after that, you're just thinking, oh, it's going to be one of those starts for Williams. Yeah, you, you're but, thinking the worst. But after that, really pitched a good game. Pitched, what, 5.2? Something like that, yeah. So after those two home runs, he really didn't pitch a pretty good game after that. Um, yeah, five yeah. strikeouts, 4.2, not 5.2. Five strikeouts to four point two innings, two five hits, and two runs. Good start. Yeah, a good start on paper. Um, it was solid. Uh, once again, he's just one of those starters that has just kind of, you know, been tedious this year. Yeah, standing up to proving our point and say that he's the most bipolar pitcher in our rotation. <laughs> yeah. Two homers in the first, no runs for another four innings. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know either. Just very up and down. But luckily, that was the only um, the only yeah, runs luck- he got. Yeah, and came out on five, five or six hits or against him too. So once again, showing how great this bullpen. Is. Yeah, the bullpen has been magnificent. So Steele, Tapera, Chafin came in, all pitched. Chafin didn't get any strikeouts, he just got the job done. But both Steele and Tapera got three strikeouts each. And Kimball did two when he closed the game. Gave up a hit, but three strikeouts. So, two home a day for Ian Hap. Yes. He is once again on fire, heating up ever since he came out of the aisle, and I think 
we're finally seeing him back to his normal form. I agree. Um, I was a little worried about him at the beginning of the year. I thought maybe, uh, I don't know, I thought maybe he was having some problems, but nope, it's been alright. Um, Horner had, oh, oh, Horner, Martini had a sack fly in the first. So we brought him up. We'll talk about that soon. Jock had an RBI hit. Let's see who else had an RBI hit? Uh, I think that was it, yeah. But, I think that was about it. Yeah, that's um, it. Five runs. Um, I think that's about always. I think that's about it for that game. Five two win. Open dominates. Union runs. PJ Higgins. Oh yeah, I was. I'm a little surprised that I they was, couldn't find a better backup catcher than. Yeah. So we beat them with our. We beat them with basically a minor league team. Ross decided not to start Contreras or Bryant, which I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I think he just wanted to give Bryant a day off. Maybe. Contreras maybe too. I don't. I don't. I don't really understand the uh, reasoning behind that. But you know, everyone needs a day off, especially your best mm-hmm. hitters. So whatever. Timing worked out. Not the win, anyways. But um, yeah, maybe resting them for the St. Louis series. Hmm, not a bad line. Starts in just a couple hours. Yeah, um, um pretty good oh, lineup to be honest. I'm looking at it for the first time. Oh yeah, um, MVP for that national series. Oh, MVP for the series. Um. Oh, man. I'm going to say the uh, the entire bullpen. The entire bullpen is the MVP here. Just a Makes tremendous sense. job done by them. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think of that. And typically when you think MVP is just one player, but you're right in a sense. Oh well, if it has to become, if it has to come down to one player, um, well, if it has to come down to one player, I think I'd say Nico. Nico, for the uh, defense. His defense was incredible. Yeah. Lots, lots going on this series. Yeah, there was a lot. Felt like the whole team really contributed in this one. Yeah. Um. Half homer in game one or two? Which one he was homered it? in game four. He homered twice. Did did he not hit another homer in the series? Um, I don't think he did. I might be wrong. Oh no, he did. He hit one in uh, game two. He hit to make it six three. I think he went deep in the eighth inning. So he had three homers in the series. But he'd he'd be a good choice. Yeah. I'm just gonna go with him because uh, he's obviously been doing well lately. He's heating up, and 
I'm going to say it again. Returning back to form. Yep. Um, Hopefully he's going to kill in Bush Stadium again tonight, like he usually does. Yeah, he's hitting a six. Remember in September of 2019, he absolutely killed the series of Bush. Maybe not September. I remember that, yes. Got his first career... Got his first career base hit there. It was a home run to uh, right field over the Cardinal bullpen off of Carlos Martinez, the pitcher of tonight's game. Um, that was his, it was on Mother's Day. That was his first major league hit. It was a long one. It lost the game, but uh, it was a two-run homer. I remember it very clearly. Because every time I went to the NBC Sports Chicago app to read like stories that off season because they were pursuing pitchers, that was the first clip to play. Ian Happ hit the home run. So yes, Ian Happ. Ian Happ. Already friend to start, and you got the people saying that Bader is better than Happ. I I don't Just, understand those people. Oh, they're like. Oh, his elite defense, though. But his elite defense. Oh my God! Yes, Albert Almora Jr. was probably elite <laughs> for at defense for like what two years. Does that make him better than Mike Trout? No, no, it does not. You know, That's you look so at Hap's stats. He's Hap ever is since good on he defense. came up. Hap is good. He's good on. He defense. gets it done, but. Obviously, you'd rather have Bader defending out there, but when he comes up to the plate, like, what? He's just going to strike out. Yeah. He's not, um, he's not a walker. Bader, I'm not really sure how he's doing this year. I haven't checked Harrison Hitless. He's, he's only, he hasn't played that much because he was on the injured list, but he's done all right, I guess. But not as good as his Carlos fans are making him out to be. Yeah, um, that's kind of weird. It's the same thing with the Cubs and Almora. Cub fans and Albert Almora Jr. Same sort of show. Mm-hmm. They just massively overrate him and think he's so great. Don't understand it. So game one, in two hours and two minutes, we got Hendricks versus Martinez at Bush Stadium. Yes, this and will be an interesting one because... Historically, Kyle Hendricks has killed the Cardinals, but at the same time, Kyle Hendricks has not been very good on the road. So, not sure how this one's going to go, to be honest. But what do you think? What's your score prediction here? Score prediction. Yeah, they got Carlos Martinez on the mound. I know yeah, he's, a lot he's, of... not, he's not good at all. I always hear Cardinals fans complaining about him. Always. I actually um, kind of wanted the Cubs to like trade for him at one point a few years back because I thought like this was when he was kind of on his way down. But I thought, you know, whoa, well, maybe we could get him for like a low price and fix him up. But uh, apparently he just does not like he has good stuff. If I remember, he has a good live fastball, but for whatever reason, he just gets pounded. Absolutely pounded every time. Yeah. Um, 
Score prediction, I'll say... Cubs. Cubs win four to nothing. All right, I'll take it. Hendrix shuts him down. Let's see another wide Hendo appearance. Yes, we need a wide Hendo tonight. Yes, more than ever. This is probably the most important series of the year up to this point. Unless I'm forgetting one. Yeah, I read in the uh, Daily Herald today. This Jed Hoyer recently sat down with the media, and he basically said, like, you know. At the deadline, we are prepared for all scenarios. You know, he and his recent, like, you know, he and Theo were always very just kind of transparent, but at the same time, incredibly big. He's kind of the same way. So he was like, we're prepared for all scenarios. Um, but basically, the vibe he gave off was like, you know, if the team is doing well at the deadline, we'll buy. If the team isn't doing well, we'll sell. And I think he, he, he said, like, you know, We've been good at times this year and very bad at times this year. And I think the Cardinals series, with them being in first place and all, is going to be a big test. Um, just me personally, that's what I think. Yeah, I definitely think it's the most important series of the year up to this point. I remember the last time we had a super important series against the Cardinals. <laughs> it didn't end well. Um, anyway... But that was it. We did feel it. Yeah, and that was two years ago. Should have won at least one of those games, but somebody was not in their 2021 game. Yeah. uh, Great. Now I'm like flashing back to this bullshit. I still have that. I still have that. Like, this is an unbiased opinion. I think the Cardinals broadcaster is the most annoying person ever. Oh my god. Like, outside I, of Hawk Harrelson, that guy's voice gets on. I him. know. It, exactly. Just the bouncing of it. And just kind of like the navel tone. So, but I have the call of, unfortunately, I have the call of, like, Molina and Pete Young's home runs just kind of like ironed into my brain. It's unfortunate, but that is uh, that is what's going on. It's still here. I haven't thought about it in a little bit, but I know it. So hopefully it goes away at some point. You're right. His voice is very annoying. Yes. Probably one of my, one of, if not my least favorite people listening to broadcasting. I mean, Cardinal fans will say, like, oh, well, you're just a Cub fan and you don't like it. Like, no, it's, he's lit, he's annoying. He's just, it's, there's, like, there are broadcasters out there that are not fun to hear, and he is one of them. He's not fun to listen to. At all. I don't enjoy listening to him. He's annoying. But, yeah. And the Indians radio announcer, I could go on and on about. Oh, no, he's awesome. Broadcast. The Indians guy, radio? The radio? Yeah, the radio guy, yeah, he's awesome. He's a legend. Oh. You don't like him? No. Oh, man. I think, oh. What's his name again? Tom? Tom something? Tom or... Not sure. I don't know. But, oh, no, he, I think he's, uh, he's been doing that for years. 
Um, I've listened to him once or twice because my grandparents I, live in Cleveland, and so I've heard some Indian games. And he's actually pretty good at what he does, but I can see how it could be annoying, just constantly screaming. Yeah, that's every time I every time he yells, I I've, I've never heard him just speak normally, but when he yells, that's it just makes me mad. Well, when he speaks normally, he kind of sounds like he has the same dialect as Pat Hughes. Kind of that whole, like, storytelling vibe. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Uh, But that's your opinion. Yeah, Um, of course. I really do like the Giants guy. Um, Guy that says, it is out of here. That guy is... I don't don't know his name, but... Oh, man. He's one of my favorites. He and Chip Carey. Those guys are awesome. Chip Carey for the Braves. So, your prediction for game one? Yeah, uh, game one, I'm gonna say Cubs win like four to three. Four to three. Okay. Yeah, Kimbrel shuts them down in the ninth inning. Good deal. I'd like to see Kimbrel uh, shut them down one of these games at least. Considering, like we were talking about what he did in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um. That would be a good revenge story. Yeah. Um, um, so we both have one in game one. Yes, we do. Game two will be Alzali versus Miles Michaels, which will be his first start of the year. I remember, I remember when Miles Michaels, in 2018, when he came over from Japan, I think it was. Um, yeah, I remember he arrived on the scene. And he was like, he looked like someone, he kind of looked like Andrew Chapin. He still does, like the curly hair and the mustache. He looked like he came straight from the 70s. He was really good, and they signed him to this long deal, and he hasn't panned out, I don't think. Yeah, it's not working out too well for him. Well, that's good. Hopefully that continues. Um, so. Yeah. Um, okay. This will be good. This will be an interesting test for Adbert. Um, I don't yeah, think he's um, ever pitched at Bush. So. Um, I I don't think so. Not that I know of, at least. So, hope for the best. Yeah, um, I, I'm expecting good things here. The Cardinals don't have the strongest lineup in the world. They don't have the weakest. But they don't have the strongest one either. So, mm-hmm. you know, could work. I think Alzale will uh, rise to the occasion, like he has. He's done really well against. He did really well against the Dodgers. Um, he's done good against some uh, the NL Central opponents so far. Um, I think they'll do good. I think the Cubs will probably win this game, like six to two. Six two. Something like that. I don't think Michaelis is going to come in and be, you know, guns blazing his first start of the year. Definitely not. I mean, that Six could, that two. Could I just don't think that's going to happen. Six two for you. I'll go. Let's say seven four Cubs win. All right. So we have him taking the series. And then move over to game three. This is this is gonna be a really interesting game. Davies versus Wainwright. Oh my god. 
See, so I, I'm, I'm yeah, gonna go group. I'm gonna group chat with. I got added to this Cubs Cardinals group chat for the series, mm-hmm. and they were talking about Wainwright. Said he's either gonna shut you down for eight innings, or he's gonna give up nineteen runs in three. So I'll take yeah, the I word can, for it. I can confirm that Adam Wainwright will dominate the Chicago Cubs. Probably. Every time we think he's done. Like, no matter how bad he seems to do against every other team, it's kind of like, I know that, I know, like, you know, for the people out there that don't watch football, this might not make sense, but for those that do watch football, it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. I mean, he's an old man, but every time he plays the Cubs, the Bears, and in this case, every time Wainwright plays the Cubs, he just unlocks, like, his inner potential or whatever. He just... I don't know what it is. They can't hit him. They never have. I, I, I don't know. I could be surprised. I, they could put up eight runs against him. I have no idea. But just historically speaking, not really expecting a, uh, not really expecting a whole lot from this one, especially with Davies on the Yep. Um. So let's just give your score prediction. Um, score prediction, gonna say, now I'm gonna say the Cardinals win, like, four or two, something like that. It's unfortunate, but we will have gained, um, I think a game? Two games? Yeah, like a game at the end of the day, we'll, we will have gained a game in the standings. So. Yeah, if we, if we do sweep the series somehow, we'll be tied for first. Yeah. And we'll um, have to listen to the Cardinals fans' excuses for the next five years of why they lost the series. <laughs> oh, well. I'm sure we'll play, you know, if, for, if somehow the Cubs are still hanging in there in September, based on, based on what they do in the trade deadline or not, they're still hanging in there, and they're right there with the Cardinals. They play them in that September series. That That's going to be... That's going to be a uh, entertaining one again. So we'll hear we'll hear a lot of their excuses then. I'm sure we'll hear a lot. We hear a lot anytime, but oh September, yeah, all day, every day. Oh yeah, I've I've had some fan pages come to me and like my DMs and say like Cardinal fans are idiots, and they, and I'm like, what what are they doing? And they say like, well, you know, such and such is going on. Like one of the Padre fans. DM'd me and said, like, these Cardinal fans are so stupid. And I was like, yeah, they do this all the time. They do it all the time. This is, like, normal behavior for them. I mean, people are surprised. They think, how can they're shocked? And I said, no, this is this is what they do all the time. All the time. Yep. <laughs> Literally all the time. Yeah. And I'm expecting... A lot more stupidity in the series from Cardinals fans coming to our pages. Yeah, spamming I, uh, our messages, spamming our comments. Did you already give your score prediction for Game Three? I've not. Uh, Davies Wainwright. Um, game Three. I'll say Cardinals win six to two. 
unfortunately. Okay. Well, all six we, runs due to Zach Davies. By the way. Yeah, obviously. Um, I gotta say, I'm starting to think that you and Darvish deal is not going to work out. That sounds really stupid, and it sounds like a joke because a lot of people have already come to that conclusion. But I thought to myself, like, before the season began, like, you know, well, they're probably not going to be that good, so it might not matter. But, uh, it's been everything except the starting pitching has been okay. So I'm starting to think that, that that's not that's not going to work out. It's not going to go well. For right now. For right now, who knows. When Owen Casey is a game-winning walk-off Grand Slam in Game 7 of the World Series in, like, six years. Yeah. Um, all the different... You know, I think... I think we were talking about it on our very first episode. We were grading all the deals. I think we said for the Darvish deal right now, it's an F, but for the future, it's an A or something. Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, what was I? One other thing I was going to say. Um, I'll roll on the. I can't remember. Um. Well, I think that's it, or at least for the for the news or uh for the series. So moving on to the news, Justin Steele got put on the injured list. Yeah. Well, it's really unfortunate. Justin Steele, ten day IR, I believe, with. Hamstring, some hamstring tightness, I think. Yeah, um, right hamstring tightness. It's always the hamstring with these guys, which yeah, we should be Hayward. thankful for. Hayward's out with a hamstring. Hayward's out with a hamstring, or Riznik is out with a hamstring. It's ridiculous. So Rizzo almost. Rizzo almost had something bad going with him, but thankfully well, he, he only missed one problems. game. That's that's well documented. He goes through this like every year. Thankfully, nothing serious. Just missed one game. Yeah. Um, good thing that Reno is lost. Still, yeah. Um, they gotta stretch Which, out their hamstrings. Yeah. Need to start implementing that into the everyday warm-ups. Or at least more. Well, um, Hayward is also on the injury list. I already said that, but... Yeah. Um. Yeah, we brought up Martini in correspondence to the Hayward movie. And Brad Wick in correspondence to the Steel movie, so. Yeah, Wick is good. Um, there are worse replacements. We're just waiting for the other Wick. Yeah, I don't honestly know what he's going to be around. I've lost track of his situation. But, you know, like you think that would be the, one of the biggest losses. For us, but, you know, the way the yeah, but we're actually been. doing pretty good without him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see, what else do I have? Yeah, we DFA'd Tony Walters. 
brought up PJ right, Higgins. Goodbye, good riddance. You did nothing for us and did everything against us. You broke our hearts. Please go unemployed for a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did we talk uh, about Mills last episode? Yeah, Mills goes on the uh, injured list with a back problem. I think we were that. Um... I think that is it. Um, game is starting up soon, seven fifteen. Um, so go watch the game. Hour forty five minutes. Forty five. We're gonna. Yeah. So we're gonna be hearing. Any closing statements, Legion? Um, I don't think so. I think I'll do it. Game starting up. An hour 45. Go watch us whoop the Cardinals. And follow us, too. Instagram. And we will see you back in three or four days. All right.